everyone my name is michael kaiser and i'm john wilson and i'm sarah century and welcome to another special episode of make ours marvel we call not comics this is our 33rd not comic special and i just realized it's a three and a three and we're talking about three movies one of which is called <gasps> trinity oh, and three and is my favorite looks- number so it's very satisfying the only thing better would be episode 333 but <laughs> that might be a lot that might take a minute. Sarah, tell them what we're talking about. We are talking about Blade 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> and inside each of us, there is three blades. So if you're a Wolverine fan, we've got a whole arm full of movies for you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, uh, I'm out, but does anybody here, have they read Blade or care about Blade? Why, yes. why are we watching Blade? I feel like it's Sarah's fault, right? <laughs> yeah, and also, watching? while I was re-watching these movies, I was cracking up the whole time being like, ha Mike had to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Number two pushes my limits a little bit, but otherwise I can handle it. I was like, whenever like the blood bath at the very beginning starts, uh, like the like sprinkler system scene. blood. See, all right, good. I'm glad to hear but, that because I was like, just like, doesn't Mike hate horror? But, you know, in number two, when they're like going through that club, some oh, of that yeah. bothered me a little bit. Like the the guy getting his back open for some oh casual reason. That really yeah, yeah. bothers me. I don't know why. I don't know what that's about. I question it every time I see the movie. What are they doing? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Is that guy a human or a vampire? Why is yeah. he cool with this? What's going on? <laughs> There's a lot of why Why were they cool with this moments throughout these three movies. And, and yet they just happen, and then you move past them, and it's like, oh, I guess that's just part of their life. That one just always leaves an imprint on my brain. The bat guy. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the bat guy. I don't remember if Blade was on the Spider-Man animated series. For some reason in my head, I think that he was. Uh, I think that that might have been my introduction. Yeah, like the 90s one. Um, I think that might have been the first time I saw him. And or I just read a bunch of comics of the time. I remember reading like Morbius and Ghost Rider, like all of the 90s. Like, uh, what did they call that? Like, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Spirits of Vengeance or something like about. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had a so, line going on. Yeah, Midnight Suns. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember reading Blaze, that. Stuff. Rise Johnny of the Midnight Blade. Suns, right? Oh, I remember uh, reading all of Morbius that stuff as a kid. Hellstrom. Right, right. Yes, Blade was on Spider-Man the animated series. He was yeah. in one, two, three, four episodes of that show voiced by JD Hall. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember very vaguely, but I definitely thought that that was the first time I saw him. Um, That cartoon was kind of good. 
And I, I imagine on the cartoon he would stab the vampire and blood would gush everywhere. And... <laughs> yeah, it was very gory. Or, what, yeah. or were they robot vampires? It was, uh, no, just graphic <laughs> violence. Oh, um, of course, I'm sure. <laughs> it was like Hellraiser up in there. Um, <laughs> no, I don't re- I remember basically him just being a vampire hunter. I remember the half human, half vampire thing. And uh, yeah, once again, I remember reading a lot of his guest appearances whenever I was growing up. I haven't revisited it a lot, but I do like all of that era still. I'm about to start reading Ghost Rider uh, of that era again, so... Maybe he'll pop up. The only concept I had of Blade before watching the movies was that Wesley Snipes made three Blade movies whenever I was younger and I never saw them. Wow. That's like all I knew about Blade. I'm sure I've seen him occasionally and stuff. I think I read some of – during one of the X-Men relaunches, one of the X-Men series started with a vampire story, and I think Blade might have been in that. I don't know. I might be making that up. Didn't they anyway. do, like, Curse of the Mutants where there was, like, all of the vampires? I'm sure yeah. Blade must have been in that somewhere. Who so knows? I feel like I have seen him on a comics page on occasion, uh-huh. but I've never read, like, a Blade story. So and... why why did all those comics start making a comeback in the 90s? Was it because of this film? Oh, um, no, because it was before that, right? It was like early 90s, like 91, 92. Okay, I wasn't sure, but like I do, I didn't read them really other than a little bit of that Ghost Rider with Danny Ketch guy. But like, but like I was working at a comic shop when all that stuff hit and was like super popular. And I was just like Mm -hmm. trying to think right now, what was the... What what spawned that? Anything? Nothing? Because they had kind of just, right? Like, they had, in the 70s, Marvel was trying to, like, make the horror line happen. And it was doing okay sometimes. But, like, a lot of those uh, series kind of, like, went off the rails in the 80s. And then kind of just went out of existence for a little while, right? Like, there weren't too many, like, Werewolf by Night comics happening or anything like that. And then I remember in, like, uh, probably, like, 1990 two or something whenever i started reading comics like yeah ghost rider was like everywhere by then and was, was that, like pro- maybe that's was what that, it was, was yeah it ghost rider number one just sold a lot so they're like hey the How- people like the, these guys yeah the howard mackie ghost rider series was was really popular i don't mm-hmm. i don't remember if i've ever read any of it beyond the issues that crossed over with good. x-men but it was it was really popular I you like it, it? Oh That's, yeah, I mean, so, I'm just a sucker for Ghost Rider, though. I'm obsessed with that guy. <laughs> like he's so my favorite. I, so that's probably what did it. Ghost Rider number one sold a lot, and then they just decided to throw out more of those Midnight types Suns. of characters. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. what about Johnny Blaze without being Ghost Rider? He's cool too, right? He's got a ponytail. <laughs> well, that was the era of like the multi-page ads that they would run on like every uh, yeah. Marvel comic for a month. To like uh-huh. talk about their new launch or their new event. So no matter mm-hmm. what comic you bought that month, you would find eight pages about Rise of the Midnight Suns and yeah, and everything. That Ghost Rider was so popular. Like there was this beautiful 50 Years of Marvel hardback book that came out whenever 50 Years of Marvel was, which is around the same time as Ghost Rider. And the process they had a process in the very back of how the a comic is made, and they use Ghost Rider. As the oh, wow. of all the things you could pick for 50 yeah. years of Marvel, and they were picking the brand new Ghost Rider that was so super popular at the time. So that just really oh, dates that. I want to, I want to look at that. That sounds cool. So but, now that we're uh, here for all the three Ghost Rider movies, <laughs> well, mm-hmm. we did that. There was only two though, sad. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, can you imagine though if there was a Ghost Rider Blade crossover movie with like oh, Wesley Snipes oh, and wow. Nicolas Cage? <laughs> that would be the most <laughs> wild thing. Well, yeah, but they are doing the new Blades. So maybe 
you're gonna do a new Ghost Rider. Oh my God, I want I want Robbie Reyes <laughs> back because he was just so good on Agents of Shield. Like yes, he's they, the they best. Need to embrace that version of Ghost Rider. And I love him. He's really the best good. one. He is by far the most competent of the Ghost Riders. I love uh-huh. the other guys because they're like a wreck all of the time. You're but like trash human. <laughs> yeah, and like they're trying, and that's like what's fun about reading their stories is you're just like, wow, Johnny Blaze, you are the worst at making decisions ever. Um, and you're in the Marvel universe, so that says a lot. <laughs> but, right, you're in the same universe as Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. and your Matt decisions Murdoch. are notably Tony worse. Stark. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. The list goes on. All of these <laughs> men that are really just horrible at being people. Yeah. 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 Um. But Robbie Reyes is a great person. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So then they made okay. these Blade movies. <laughs> so I, John. John didn't see any of them. He's already admitted. I totally against character somehow saw all three. Um, I guess I don't really think of them as horror that much because they're more like just action movies with it's with, true, yeah, with fake blood in it. Like they're not trying to scare you really all that hard. <laughs> it, they uh, only take themselves seriously in like the first film. I noticed yeah. that Wesley Snipes's delightfully camp timing <sighs> of comedy started sneaking through in the second and even more in the third. Like oh, yeah. he's keeping a straight face, but underneath it is Wesley Snipes going. <laughs> he, he started out a caricature, and then by the third one, he's just full-on caricature. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what's great about him. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I was a big fan. I, I really liked the first one. I think at the time, I thought the second one was after having watched him for the show. I'm kind of back and forth on that. And the third one was just like, oh, sad. But, uh, yeah, I thought they were all pretty good. I mean, again, it's the 90s, so what do we got? But Blade, I thought, was way up there. And I always forget about it as a option for marvel movies you know because mm-hmm. nobody thinks about blade because he doesn't have a b on his chest i guess but <laughs> but, yeah. but uh yeah they're really fun um okay so let's, i think this one might be better to focus on the actual films rather than the characters because there's no arcs going on here except like whistler <laughs> dies and comes back and then dies again <sighs> yeah is that a thing whistler. in the comics there does whistler die a lot i don't even remember oh. this it's like the the like a uh, grizzled uh, mentor character to me that's such a overplayed trope that they tend to just really blend together I, I'm sure that he is a character in Blade comics but I just don't really remember him he dies and comes back as Whistler the White yeah wow. Whistler the Grey <laughs> he is a character uh, he first appeared in 1995 so that predates this movie right yeah so he's yeah, barely a much. character yeah. So it's like an old Deacon Frost character. is a character who looks nothing like Stephen Dorff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's about, oh, Michael Morbius is apparently, oh, in a cut that's scene, Morbius. so never mind. Yeah, but he wasn't in the movie. He was supposed oh, to be in the movie. I guess they cut it. Oh, that would have been so great. Um, and I, oh, but look, yeah, I, I had to look that up. Like, I was looking that up when I was watching. Like, are any of these characters supposed to be, like, comic characters? And <laughs> not many, apparently. Not many. Okay. So Deacon was the one played by uh, Daryl in the second film. Is that right? Deacon is no. the main bad guy in the first movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's the he's the guy who bit Blade's mom in both the comic and the film. Uh-huh. All right. Just but on that note, quick tangent. The, 
the, uh, the, the, the animated series, Spider-Man animated series Blade, his mom put him in foster care before she went on ah. to become the vampire. So, yeah, just a little bit different. Anyways, continue. <laughs> She's Deacon. like, listen, I'm going to go become a vampire, so I'm going to put you into foster care first, I okay? I just want to make sure. options over here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did you plan to do this? Like... <laughs> So in the comic, he's like an old guy, and he purposely created himself to be a vampire somehow by injecting himself with stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, he seems like a jerky head, and here, here's a little more like, I don't know if I want to say cool. He wants to be cool anyway. Uh, younger, theoretically, although who knows how old these vampires are. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. They lie about their age anyway. Yeah. Those tricky, tricky vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Trixie and false. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's weird. Like the plot of the first movie almost doesn't carry over into any of the other two. Although they do mention right. Deacon Frost, like in the second one, they say something like "Thanks for taking care of that tool for us" or something like that. <laughs> but that's about all they say. Like nothing about how he killed all the ruling class in New York or whatever, or how he became a blood God for five seconds and figured it out. Yeah. Um, and nobody <laughs> else did, I guess. And, uh, um, there was a big deal about like how you could be naturally born vampire or a bitten vampire. That seemed like, like a class racist thing going on amongst vampires. Uh-huh. Um, that was never brought up again in two or three that I can remember. So one was almost like its own thing. Sort of. Yeah. And was the main character Karen? Was that her name? Uh, yes. Karen, Dr. Karen Jensen. Yeah. So we're in this, we're starting the third movie and he's like, what happened to Karen? I liked her <laughs> right? the first one. Where's Why isn't she still here? And I'm like, Because he know, left her really to go to question. Russia. <laughs> yeah. He came back. <laughs> well, she I, didn't wait. She has I better things Karen... to do. She's a doctor. Oh, yeah, she's a doctor, so she's hella busy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I liked Karen. I thought that she was really fun. She's, yeah. like, kind of just struggling through the whole thing and being, like, f- having to put up with, like, Blade's attitude problem <laughs> with, you know, because he's, you know, justifiably Blade. been going through some stuff um, and has a hard time trusting and all here's, of that. Here's the phrase. He's justifiably homicidal. He's justified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, well, I guess I'm just trying not to die. And then, like, I just don't want to be a vampire. Thanks, Blade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then she figures all kinds of stuff out. She's great, actually. She was really fun. Did I? Did I understand? She cured vampirism, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She cured. She cured if you're not born with it. Yeah. And if there was infected. a. There was a ton of stuff going on around her and, whenever she did that. And her cure defeated the blood god, too. That's somehow. right. Or maybe just that blood god because he wasn't born with it. What if it? What if a natural vampire did that same ritual? Would it have worked? I don't know. We'll never mm-hmm. find out, I guess. Yeah. Um, you notice how, like, there was no... Uh, it's going to sweep across all three here. There was no, like, real romance or sex or anything in any of these movies. Except for, like, he was kind of in love with that one vampire gal in the end sort of or it felt bad that she died i guess anyway i'm like his mom (laughs) no no in the second one no no i'm saying his mom was almost like a like she kissed his face or whatever Uh i was like while i was watching it i was like i did forget about this part (laughs) well that makes you wonder too they don't really get into it but like does it automatically make you bad if you're infected by 
vampirism, it seemed like there was no good vampires. So no. yes is the answer. I guess so. Yeah. If you're if you're a mom, you suddenly want to do your son. Get if you're a vampire, you lose your inhibitions when you. I, don't, I saw it as like, and of course this is probably the Anne Rice coming through in me, but um, <laughs> after doing things to kill, you know, killing to live for so long, you sort of lose a lot of your inhibitions. A lot of your morality lines wouldn't really seem that important anymore. So I don't know. I mean. It, <laughs> Is it relatable? Is it at all relatable to the psychology of how Thor and Sif can be romantically involved whenever he dawdled her on his knee, he said, as a child? Well, they're not related, at least. They're not related, but there's still the age <laughs> thing going on. Yeah. Oh, man. But there's a mortal. There's a mortality there. So what are you going to do? At some point, everybody's going to bounce on your knee if you're 8,000 <laughs> years old, you know? Well, that's what they're saying. That the vampires, they're, they're immortals. They're yeah. Similar thing. Or maybe yeah, it's not similar. True. Except she was, saying. except she was created 40 years ago, because that's how old he is. So he hasn't been around that long. Mm-hmm. She was just weird. That was very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't really like. I don't know. I yeah. was definitely like. There's this like this big like. Uh, there's this big like the Joker killed my parents reveal, but at the same time it kind of falls flat a little bit. Like I don't care that Deacon was the one who bit his mom because it's like it was, they, they don't set it up or deal with it in any way anyway so who cares it's just like a throwaway line kind of and it's a storytelling trope you see coming a mile away too yeah like, oh the big bad is a vampire and it's the vampire that killed his mom that he's been hunting for all this time okay i've never seen that before and why would he it seemed like he kept the mom on purpose as if to torture him with it but it's like how did he know that blade was going to be blade you know when he's born mm. or he, how did all that even happen he bit the mom and then walked away and just let her like be pregnant and dying yeah but he didn't kill her i don't know they didn't really get into it so that was just kind of like eh come on at least give me an alleyway with the waynes and shoot him or something i don't know <laughs> nothing. just nothing just nothing so that was kind of weird but i think steven dorf was pretty cool as a bad guy uh uh, I don't know that I was really into the overall, like the whole plot is like, <laughs> he can just figure this out, this thing that nobody can translate because he has a computer. And then like Blood God was kind of disappointing because it all does turn you into like a T-1000 and you're only slightly better than Blade at fighting. You know, like yeah. that doesn't sound like a blood god to me. You know, the whole movie is like, I'm going to be a blood god, blood god, blood god. And then it's like, all that means is I can regenerate fast. It's a, it's a lowercase g. <laughs> Yeah, lowercase g. Oh, my God. So the overall plot is kind of eh. But I do love, um, obviously, Wesley Snipes' Blade is yes. pretty amazing, amazing and over the top and irreplacible. Sorry, whoever's Great. trying to replace him. It's impossible. It's going to be rough. Like, I think that they'll rough. put a, their own spin on it. But, I mean, this is definitely one of the iconic performances of the superhero genre, right? Totally. Yes. I just love how over the top he is. I oh, think he's so good. So well for his character. Yeah. I think Mahershala Ali has it in him to be as just as good, but he definitely has some big shoes to fill. True. And I can't tell you, man, this was about the time I was doing like the comic uh, convention circuit. How, how many dudes were dressing up as Blade mm-hmm. <laughs> at conventions? This movie like was a big deal. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, the way that they it's like, yeah, of course, plot. I mean, most yeah. superhero movies, I'm like, plot doesn't. It's not. Yeah. We're here for vibes. We're not really here for plot. Right. But, right. Um, 
but there is a lot of really cool film tricks that, that do go into the next one, right? Like that sped up city scenes that they mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Don't they do that in all of them? So like, I there's kind of so, this yeah. this like visual signature style to these movies in a strange way um, that is kind of consistent even in the third one. But uh, I thought that Frost was okay. Steven Dorff is good at playing mean, but he's mm-hmm. like not super threatening <laughs> to me. Right. Um, so there was like moments where I was like, okay, um, <laughs> all right, buddy. Because he ha- he's so over the top proving like what a bad guy he is all of the time, right? He's just like, I'm going to be right. mean to this person all of a sudden too. Um but he's pretty good, but I would say my favorite of all of the villains of this were, was probably Parker Posey in the third one. Um, uh, cause not she's, Quinn? Her lines are really bad, I think, <laughs> yeah. but oh, like also yeah. um, it's Parker Posey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, is Parker Posey the one who like couldn't fit her mouth around the false teeth? yeah probably though like she's like the one of the vampires and she used to have a uh, thing with ryan ryan reynolds she turned hannibal or whatever his name is (laughs) and then he turned back literally when she kicks ryan reynolds in the face i was like this movie is redeemed for me (laughs) (laughs) because all of those roles of ryan reynolds like right before he was deadpool whenever he was like trying to be deadpool and it like wasn't clicking yet like those roles are kind of excruciating so like once he turns into deadpool it's like oh great this guy's like way more fun (laughs) oh my god just scrolling through her mdib pictures and when she's not pale and with a mouth full of extra teeth, she looks a little different. Oh, uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> but she always plays Parker Posey, though. She's always very, very uh, Parker Posey. So, one of my favorite parts of the first movie is the beginning. I really think that opening with uh, Tracy Lords or whatever um, was really well done. Like, she's leading mm-hmm. this guy into a party, but then it's not really a party. It's a blood fest. And right. Great, great way to introduce Blade. Everybody going all this chaos and the human trying to scrape on the floor and crawl away. And he makes it to Blade's feet. And then everybody's like, it's Blade, you know, and then he starts killing everybody and stuff. Super awesome. But as I was watching it, my wife uh, poked her head in to watch what I was watching. And then she's like, so if the vampires eat blood for food, isn't them taking a shower like if we were like at a party and they were spraying soup, <laughs> soup on us? <laughs> I was like, dang it, you just ruined the you entire ruined beginning everything. of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> now all I can see is vegetable soup. <laughs> it's like Campbell's soup being sprayed all over. <laughs> It is cool, though. I definitely was watching this movie. Like, honestly, all three of these movies, I feel like they do pretty good with the fight scenes and, like, all of the action moments. The action is pretty great. It's pretty untouchable, yeah. That's his thing. I mean, Wesley Snipes is an action star. And, yeah, so... But I really like the vibe they went with it, too. It's not like they're trying to be realistic about it. Like, they're over the top with it, and he had... But it works for his character, because you believe that this guy, like, all he does is practice all day. So all his moves are like strict and controlled and mm. weird. Like he's just like, there's no nuance to, <laughs> to how he does his choreographed fight scenes, mm-hmm. but they're really fun. Yeah. They are super fun. It's fun. Uh, every single time he's like just fighting a bunch of vampires. It's totally Wolverine and ninjas, right? Where you're just like, mm-hmm. this is classic. 
<laughs> I'll watch yeah. this anytime. And they blow up the same way that Wolverine's ninjas blow up. They, <laughs> hand it in, they just go. They're not killing. They are people. very easy to kill, but that's a vampire thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, John and I, we were talking about uh before the show started recording, and I don't know about Sarah's status on this, but we watch we, we used to read Anne Rice novels. Those vampires are very hard to kill. And, <laughs> yes. And, and if there's like a whole room full of them, I'm sorry, Blade, you're dead. You know, yeah. because this is not going to happen. But for some reason, in these vampire movies, you just poke it. It's like kind of sucks to be a vampire, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of it, right? Because I think like somebody like Lestat or something is so intimidating, and then you watch Steven Dorf. Yeah. <laughs> you're just kind exactly. of like, mm-hmm. like, dude, Lestat could beat the Blood God. How yeah. Hundred percent. How is this guy a god? That Blood God <laughs> thing was real funny. Um, okay, okay. Sadly, but, but the CGI did out. not hold up either. But. Steven Dorff cast as Lestat. Who <laughs> was work. the last person? It was like Stuart, Stuart Townsend in yeah. uh, Queen of the Damned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the question is, which Lestat? Is it yeah. Interview with the Vampire Lestat, which is the more interesting one, but also like the arrogant jerky one? Or is it the hero Lestat, who's mm-hmm. like kind the of The Damned young? Prince. Yeah, who is full of himself. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I think he'd be good with an interview because you're supposed to be like a one-dimensional. Let's get away from this guy. Uh huh. Yeah, so, strange. Yeah. not as a hero. Eh. So moving kind of into the second film, um, Norman Reedus was there as Scud, not as whatever name I thought he was earlier. So that was like, oh, look at that guy. Um, Totally and, different, right. totally different uh, uh, Norman Reedus than we're now used to seeing, huh? Because, like, The Walking Dead and stuff is... Yeah, he's, like, this badass in The Walking Dead, but in this, he's kind of just, like, this techno-geek doofus. Stoner who Stoner guy, yeah. has a Gamer. truly, truly wonderful death scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, like, what is his whole deal? It's, like, he's really, like, oh, I'm, like, good friends with Blade or whatever. We're besties. And then, like, Blade is just, like, I always knew that you were, like, a narc or whatever. And then he blows him up with a grenade. And I'm, like, <laughs> They didn't draw that out. Like, they just kind of were, no. like, no, Blade's not sad about this. I like yeah. this one the best because I kind of like the whatever those new vampires are called, they're kind of well-designed and neat looking. Oh, uh, the really creepy. on those were so cool. Yeah. And there's definitely some scenes like that's another scene that really bothers me. If we're going to talk about horror bat guy and when they cut the dudes half his face off and they, and his whole body blows up in the sun, but then like his eye is still blinking. Oh, that okay, really yeah. bothers me too. I don't like that. But anyway, I do like the design of the new vampires and I do like that blade has to work with villains. And then there's like between that and Norman Reedus's character, Scud and Whistler being kind of suspect. Like you don't know who the good guy or the bad guy is in this movie, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. and they all have to work together in these tight dark tunnels, you know. So that was it was more dynamic and you know drama happy this movie than the first one. Okay, what I did not expect though, I started this film and they get the opening scenes and friggin' Cat from Red Dwarf is like <laughs> yeah. no longer oh wow look at me I'm a cat oh look at me where can I go get some ladies yeah. That's his voice. That's his voice. I, I realized, should I cut that out? That's not like a really bad impression. But that's his voice. Oh, on Danny the, John like, Jules. Yeah. Um, and then he's like all reserved. 
And yes, yeah. I'm a vampire now. I don't have as many lines because really the lady to my left is the more important character in this story. But here I am. I'm a vampire. Yeah. Every <laughs> single time I watch this, I double check that that's him because I doubt myself. Right. Because he acts so different. It's like, that's not him, though, right? Yeah, it is him. Is it him? Let me check. It's him. Oh, my God. I worked it with is. him. You what? Not really. I worked oh, okay. on a uh, a telethon, and he was hosting it. So technically, oh, I worked fun. With him, But I was basically just standing or sitting on a phone behind him for 14 hours or whatever. But You were in a shared space with him. Yes. My my friend was a big Red Door fan, and he volunteered us. But, uh, yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, More that importantly, was a big shock. The, Oh, this movie has Ron Perlman, which automatically That's makes right. it the best of the three, because I love Ron Perlman. It's directed by and Del Toro. Yeah, so it's basically the Hellboy cast. Yeah. In here, because it also has that the villain is the guy from Hellboy Two, the Golden Army. Um, what's his name? Luke Gloss. Luke Goss, I mm-hmm. think. Patient Zero. They don't Luke actually Goss, give yeah. him a name. No is the son. name in this. Oh no. Nomak, Jared Nomak. So he's from Hellboy, or he will be in Hellboy. Ron Perlman's in Hellboy. The director's in Hellboy. It's a pre-Hellboy film, kind of. You know, I, I bet you the director, if the director did Hellboy, is like he's remembering, hey, let's get this guy and this guy and this guy from Blade Two. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this is probably the best put together of all of them. I think it comes across the best. It has like the kind of. Yeah tightest plot out of yeah, like the three for sure um, and it has the same like campy like quippy kind of moments too like it ends on such like a goofy like one-liner moment and it's great yeah but like the like the main bad guy you kind of feel for him because yeah done to him and everybody wants to like get revenge on their parents and sister right and mm-hmm. the sister you feel for her and she's like hey you know she has these lines that are like hmm does this really work with the first movie but she's like hey i was born a vampire i can't help it this is who we are and you're just mean to us all the time <laughs> you know so then you go home oh, is it really as black and white as you thought it was they don't really play that up anywhere else not ever, too but, much <laughs> but that was the moment so like her death is kind of poignant because of that and and him like actually being affected by it where normally he just kills blood suckers like it's no problem Right. Um, so that was more interesting. Um, it's I definitely really, those, the most gray area of the film. Yeah. Those characters just not being quite as absolute as they usually are. And even though I hate that they retcon Whistler, like it does add an element of what's going on with this Whistler guy, which is good. Because mm-hmm. there's, some, there's some scenes where it's like, is he a good guy still? Or is he has he been affected by this weird retcon and now he's a bad guy? Because he kept disappearing and acting weird. Right. So... Good stuff. Yeah, this was definitely my favorite, but also the scariest of the three. That's true. I, I do want to talk about the the effects with those monster mouths. Yeah. Because, like, okay, this is 2002. So CG good. It's not great yet. Certainly not on the level as we think of it now. But I honestly couldn't tell from those faces if they, you know, were some combination of practical effects or CGI or what. They just looked believable. And I was yeah. kind of blown away and gobsmacked, like the different kinds of shots they would do, um, you know, far away, shadows, well lit, just a variety of different kinds of things they could do. And, it, and every single time I was like, this person's face really is opening up and I believe it. Yeah. I bet the opening part was probably CGI, but I bet a lot of that was like physical makeup or something. It was real gross. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. <laughs> 
gross in the best ways. Yeah. So you're like, okay, Sarah, for those who don't know, because they don't listen to the show, even though they're listening right now, you're a big horror fan. These aren't, yeah. these aren't horror movies to you, right? This is just yawn. I would agree with you whenever it's like, yeah, they're mostly action movies, but this yeah. was from a time whenever action and horror were combining in a big way. I mean, the oh. Resident Evil movies, you oh, know, yeah. like yeah. Um, even Silent Hill, I think, is kind of more of an action movie. And I think that that's like why so many people had issues with it, um, mm. because it's such like a spooky game. Right. But then there's like a lot of action in the games, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like that was kind of just like this was like the time for merging those two genres, just like it was the time for merging <laughs> metal and <laughs> with like whatever new metal was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like this was just kind of like of its time in some ways. But to me, it holds up pretty great. But it definitely like, yeah, I would definitely but, consider them more. But you wouldn't watch this to scratch a horror itch, would you? No, probably not. I mean, honestly, like, I watch these movies as, like, a lot of fun. I think that they're both, like, really, or they're all three really campy fun. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely different than, like, watching something that's, like, a creepy psychological art house horror film or something like that, where you're just like, that's going to stick with me for a long time. Like, this one one sticks with me in a different way. They're not disturbing. No. No. Well, this one is a little to a little me, but disturbing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lightweight, but I do think of the 3, this is one was trying to be scarier. Honestly, the, there's things that yeah, freak me out where it's like, yeah, and I think you're right about that. The things that freak me out is like um any kind of gratuitous violence is usually really scary and like the scene where uh Steven Dorf and the first one is like just uh stomping on that guy's head. Um, mm. to me, that was like kind of like visceral and he goes like to, he's like, you can tell that he's stomping <laughs> extra times than what he needs to. Right. Like he's not just like putting this guy down. He's like literally just being cruel. And it's, I mean, he like, you know, has that guy like burn on the beach and like all kinds of stuff. He's so that, he's, you know what bothered me about the first one, not to backpack backtrack, but that giant one, that blade and what's her face were torturing with the right. UV light. That, that bothers me too. That was bothersome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's scary, but it's kind of gross. It's, it's like, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Horror is such a wide range of things. Right. So there's definitely like a lot of like gore horror, I think, in like the blade movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, there's still, I don't even think that these are like rated R or something. Not that horror <laughs> has to be, but like, I mean. Oh, it's gotta be R. <laughs> it's not R, that's sad. Yeah, it has to be. There's like blood yeah. lines. And oh yeah, there's blood, stuff. I forgot. There's yeah. like the difference between. <laughs> and, and they're not shy about F-bombs either, which you can right, have one right, in right, right. You guys are fans that. of the, uh, the It Man series? It Man? The, oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It Man? Have you ever watched any of those? No. IP? Oh, I, well, yeah, I did watch one. Well, I don't this. Donnie Yen is in this. So that was kind of cool. Right. I forgot he was in this. He's the guy with the sword that doesn't talk. Oh, my God. That's right. I that's... don't know what this is, but I believe you. He's also the guy in uh, Rogue One who the force is with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. That guy. Same guy. But yeah, I forgot he was in this movie. So that was kind of a fun surprise. <laughs> There was a few I forgot I've this person was in this movie. Action stars. Yeah. Okay. Another, oh my gosh, this person, Mick Rory from Legends of Tomorrow, Heat Wave, is Dracula in the third film. That's and right. He just, 
walks out and it's Dracula. And I'm like, wait a second. It's been 15 years, but is this that person? <laughs> it was the guy from so, Prison Break? It is so funny. Break. The guy that's uh, um, on League Legends of Tomorrow or whatever? Yeah. Is that what Yeah. Same guy. That's it's, what I know from Prison Break. <laughs> there's I that, have seen Prison Break, I remember. There's that scene whenever he's wearing like the white shirt and he's like running down the street and it just cracked me up because I'm just like... I don't know. It's just really funny how they're just like like the open white guy. shirt, right? Like the flowy yeah, open yeah. shirt. Yeah, uh, it's like like a poet shirt, kind of uh, almost or something. Well, they're trying to like, make it like like he's dressing old fashioned, even though it's totally not how they would have dressed, probably. But right, and, it, and it's like falling off like a little bit. <laughs> and it's and the beginning like, of that scene is where they do like the the shot where he's walking, but everything around him is all sped up. Right, yeah. And and I like that because that reminds me of the thing the time they did that in uh, Doctor Who as well, like in the first season. Who who does he play in Legends of the Tomorrow People? Whatever that's called. What that he plays called? Uh, Captain Cold's friend. Captain, he plays Heatwave. He plays yeah. Heatwave and Captain Cold were both the brothers in Prison Break, so that's why it's kind of a funny casting. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Just to throw out, just some throw some nerd trivia at you. But uh, are we awesome. moving on to number three? Because there's definitely some things to say about number three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was gonna go on to number three if you're if y'all are ready. Okay, I remember I, really hating number three, and then when I watched it for this, I was like, oh, why did I hate this? This is actually pretty great so far. And then it wasn't. So that's <laughs> and then it wasn't. But like, but like at first, it was like, wow, this is actually kind of compelling. You know, when he's killing all the vampires because we already established we like when Blade kills vampires. Um, but then like like they set him up to kill a familiar, so now he's a murderer and they arrest him. And I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty cool idea. And uh, what's her face? Jessica Biel kills a bunch of vampires in an alleyway, and she's awesome. And it's like, wow, this is really cool. Why'd you hate this, Mike? And then, yeah, Hannibal King, I think, is why I hate this movie. Honestly, he's so he distracting, up. and he like, really ruins the tone of this film. Why somehow. are you there? Um, and it's like his his one liners are not good enough for that. It's like if he were funnier. Yeah. then it would work better, but he's not funny. Like, all of his jokes are the same, like, kind of but, 12th grade, or, like, sorry, uh, 12-year-old humor, you know? Like, it's all, 12th like... 12th grade also works. Either way, it's just like, <laughs> ha-ha, listen to me. I said but, or something, and it's like, that's not... All right, dude. Oh, and his but hair is The hilarious. weird thing is, is I'm not a Ryan Reynolds hater, and I actually do like him in movies. Same, yeah. And I do think he's funny in both the rom-com genre and obviously Deadpool. But it's like in this, he just every line falls flat, and I don't it, know what's going on. It's, it's like, weird. He is he's playing proto Deadpool and like, it yeah, just isn't yeah. clicking yet. And yeah. like, it's like they're leaning into the misogyny and like, they're leaning into like all of this stuff where it's like, we don't really love it when Deadpool goes in that direction. So it's like way easier to like, and like the, the goofy, goofy homophobic jokes and like all of that, like through this whole movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's like, we like it way better whenever Deadpool's like flirting with Colossus and like being, you know, like yeah but uh, it's the same funny. dynamic so why isn't it working because like colossus doesn't give him anything back either he's a straight man blade's a straight man totally i don't yeah. mean straight sexually i mean yeah, yeah. Com- comedically um they don't give him anything back and it's supposed to play off as funny that way it works for colossus it did not work in this movie and i don't know why but it just it's- was like, like oh 
It was it was physically hurting me every time he talked. It was really Serious. weird. And it hurt Parker Posey, too. And then she kicked him in the face. So, like, <laughs> that was... <laughs> Obviously, that was, Michael, that's what you should have done. Just kicked him in the face. Yeah, that was one of my very favorite parts. I loved her kicking him in the face a bunch of times. Um, And I think that, like, this movie was so goofy, but it, fun, kind of. And um, all of... It was totally that he's the worst part. You're I, That's what I would say. Because I like a lot of the other elements, and I like that they kind of start to be like a Buffy squad, you know, and like mm-hmm. Patton Oswald is there for some reason. Because <laughs> they got a computer Leone. guy. Natasha yeah. Leone's here for some reason. Just like they're all being extremely themselves and just like dialing it in a hundred percent, and it's just really funny to watch all of these like independent, like, um, you know, people who usually appear in like independent films. <laughs> being in like blade three and like just dialing it in for a paycheck (laughs) Patton oswald is our mcu connection because he is eric koenig from the howling commandos and agents of shield that's right what Mm -hmm. i have got to watch this show (laughs) every time someone tells me something about this show it blows me away i mean i really gotta watch this show you won't recognize him as that character right but that's that's his name his name is eric koenig how is that possible does he know the eric old man no because eric koenig exists in modern day too and i don't know how or why oh i see but he is (laughs) he is a shield character later but does he say the words howling and commando or is that just what we know him from that's what we know him from. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, they're doing Howling Commandos and S.H.I.E.L.D.? What the hell? Well, um, I mean, yeah, because they show flashbacks from World War II and right. Agent uh-huh. Carter, that kind of Howling Commandos. But oh. Yeah, so this has some lesser – I mean, I think the second movie had the most like star-studded or at least recognizable people to me. I don't know if they're star-studded, but, uh, but so this it's funny th- has that too. Because whenever I, whenever Deadpool was coming out or Green Lantern was coming out, everyone's like Ryan Reynolds from Blade Three, mm. <laughs> and so forever in my mind, Ryan Reynolds from Blade Three is who Ryan Reynolds is, and I just had never seen it before. So kind of seeing him in this was one of the things I was looking forward to seeing, which mm. I guess is why it didn't fall as flat for me. Because like I don't know. That's just who Ryan Reynolds is on camera yeah. to me. Um, but but yeah, I even though I didn't dislike his part in the film, there are so many characters in this that I loved more. Um, I was very sad when um, oh her name starts with an R. I'm scrolling down. No, it starts with S. Sommerfeld, paid out Natasha Lalonde whenever she dies. Mm, uh, yeah, badly too. The, yeah. the, the little girl in her line my friends are coming to kill you was just (laughs) so amazing. Yeah. That was pretty fun. I liked her. Yeah, she was, she was cute. And I just, I'm pretty sure that Jessica Biel can kick all of the ass. Yeah. She was, she's awesome. Abigail give her a spinoff again, head cannon. She's dating Natasha Leone's character. And that's why (laughs) she's so broken up about it. She's Mm -hmm. like, now I have to raise our kid by myself. Like, yeah, (laughs) Now, now no one else will buffer me from Ryan Reynolds, Hannibal King. Oh God, I know. Um, I want to bring up the part where where that character throws a baby into the air. Um, <laughs> Dracula, Dracula and does. Then, yeah, like Dracula throws a baby right up into the air and is like, catch! And then like Blade like 
reaches and the baby is like, meow. <laughs> like, he, says, the noise. he says, coochie coo. He goes, coochie coo. <laughs> Keenan oh. burst out laughing. By the way, he didn't just reach out and catch the baby. He had to do a backflip. Yeah, he did a backflip to catch which made a me flying laugh. baby. Um, that was hilarious. Like, that was one yes. of the funniest things I've ever coochie seen coo. in a movie. Yes, that was great. Full disclosure, to kind of get an idea of what I was getting myself in for with these, I watched the Honest trailers for this before (laughs) I watched the films. Oh, no. So uh, they do all three movies as one Honest trailer, and they talk about some of the things that happened more than once, and they threw a child at him in the first film, too. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. Why are people throwing babies at Blay? This is a thing that happens. My only (laughs) weakness. You know what else? In Hellboy... At one point, he's juggling a baby. Is that just a thing? This isn't even the same director, though. <laughs> so wild. that's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was in fact for the, me, the that's only the, the only Blade movie. movie they don't juggle a baby is the Hellboy movie. So that, that doesn't make any exactly. sense. Exactly. Exactly. So here's my here's another thing. First of all, uh, John, I think you're right. And Ryan Reynolds, this was the first movie I ever saw Ryan Reynolds. And it has to be. So that's really weird. But uh, second, I'm not going to blame the entire movie on just him being. Because I also, every time I leave this film, I wonder about Dracula a lot. Like, more than I'm supposed to, I think. <laughs> like, why is he okay? He in this movie, and what does he do in this movie? And, like, he doesn't seem to have any influence on anybody in this movie. He's just there. Yeah. It's really weird. It's and then the he turns I, into the demon, and he, it's like, that escalated. <laughs> like, like, okay, why did they wake Dracula up? Anybody have yeah, an answer? Yeah, why? Anybody? Anybody? No. Exactly. Nothing. And then at some point he says some line like they want it. We want it to go back to the way it was. But then their big plot is they have an assembly line of uh, or assembly process plant of humans, which is not really the old way or the Dracula way, I would think. He likes war and yeah. violence and, and, and going hunting. to and going to goth shops and killing everybody in there. And that was like the best <laughs> scene. But um, yeah, Hot Topic was was. Yeah. Uh, I guess Great scene, scene. Right. Um, and he's like cool with it, and he kind of just chills and talks about how they've lost their way. But at no point does he try and change them or start a war with the humans or it's like, anything. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. And then like the baby tossing seems not in the same character as the guy in the end who's like, "You fought with honor." It's like, is baby tossing honorable? No, I don't know. it's like Maybe. hilarious. Um. <laughs> So it's just like, who is who is Dracula? Why is he in this movie? And what did he do to influence anything about this movie other than just being in it? Sarah, that's like that's like a Klingon line. Did I fight with honor? No, I fought hilariously. (laughs) (laughs) It was the most hilarious. I mean, all I can say is hats off. Like, that is like one of the best things I've seen in a movie in a very, very, very long time. What if I. And we'll never know, but I wonder if that was like improbbed by uh, throwing the baby. No, the coochie coo part. Oh, the coochie coo part. Yes. Was that was that scripted, or did he just throw in a blade coochie coo, and it was just genius, so they had to keep it? I don't know. I kind of want it to be improbbed. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. That would definitely be Wesley Snipes, just you know, comedy coming out there. Mm-hmm. He's a funny dude, I think. I mean, just he is. the way he just his motions and stuff in these movies are hilarious. So you know, he's a funny guy. Right. His career was going up at around the same time the Arsenio Hall show was coming up, and I watched a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. The, 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 that sort of the eras are linked in my head, and I feel like they have, I don't know, maybe similar humor? I don't know. This so is like, you guys ever see Demolition Man? He's kind of like, 
<laughs> he's action wise, he's very, very bladed in demolition. Not the way he talks. Simon Phoenix. Yeah, Simon Phoenix. Like I have that. seen that movie seven million times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, also I, fun. It. I think I was like ten years old when that movie came out, so it was like <laughs> Demolition Man all the time. Yeah. Was it one of those you had on tape? Oh yeah, I had it on VHS for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh yeah. uh, yes, she's amazing. She is. Have you watched it enough times to know what the seashells are for? Nobody knows what the seashells are for. I was literally like, all right, well, it's not explained within this movie, but I guarantee that I would figure out what the seashells were for within an hour. Um, It's really funny that it takes him never, like he never figures it out. Because this whole thing, too, is hilarious in that movie, right? Because he's just like, no, I like things the old way always. (laughs) And you guys are weird. This newfangled stuff. Then again... To be fair, the only reason he's there is because their new ways ain't working. That's true. Because they can't they can't deal with Simon Phoenix and his old ways either. Well, everything's a Taco Bell in that movie, so <laughs> in some ways things are working, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's eating Taco high Bell. End, high end Taco Bell. <laughs> anyway, like that's what overlap. that movie's like. There's some concept overlap there with idiocracy or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It feels... Yeah, everybody. Remember the show? All the music was uh, jingles from commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That that movie is full of gems. <laughs> so, so Blade, yeah. Blade. <laughs> but that seemed like a kind of a precursor to Blade, too, in a way, because Simon yeah. Phoenix was very over the top. Yeah. He was a lot more verbose than Blade, but uh huh. But uh, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. I don't know. So that's why I think I think, that... I, I think between Va- I think between Dracula's plot point and uh, or lack of plot point and Ryan Reynolds, this was the weakest of the three, probably. But I loved okay this still. movie, um, <laughs> like way more than I thought I was going to. There yeah. were just so many moments where, like, I would be trying because, like, I sometimes I'll watch like superhero movies and I'm like, it's like I'll put it on, I'm like moving around my room trying to like sort my books or something like that, and then like this one, it was like every time I looked up, I would just start laughing because something hilarious would be happening on the screen, like <laughs> slow motion running, like be it like um. Parker. Posey kicking Ryan Reynolds in the face. It's like basically, I thought everything in this movie was funny except for Ryan Reynolds' jokes. Right. <laughs> for some yeah. reason, he was the most funny like when he was imprisoned. Totally. Like, it started turning around for me at that point, but by then the movie's over. So yeah, it's like, it's oh, like well. almost done. Well, there was like, a really well, great moment of him like I don't know, pushing the 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 vampire dogs out the window and like walk backing away from the window, all, all happy with himself, and then he falls through the skylight into <laughs> where he was five minutes ago, and yeah. big dude is still yeah. there, ready to smash his. That was funny, but it wasn't yeah. his line; it was the and script. I, yeah. I like his reaction to the dog too. That was hilarious. <laughs> what the hell is that? You guys made was... a vampire dog. Yeah, like a Pomeranian. <laughs> It's like my oh, it's the same energy as Marty McFly. You made a time machine out of a Pomeranian? Right. <laughs> no, this movie was ridiculous, but I really liked it. And so I can't say that it was like the weakest one because to me I got so much enjoyment out of it. Like it definitely like the second one is probably the best made. 
the first one has like the best supporting cast maybe and then like the third one was just bonkers and yeah. once you kind of make it because I watched these all in sequence just now you know so it's like mm-hmm. I think that the first time I watched it isolated I was like I don't know about this movie but watching it now as like the third part of this trilogy <laughs> makes me mm-hmm. just like really happy honestly <laughs> yeah well, they all just more... have different vibes then. Maybe that's the takeaway here. Oh it's my like, God, yeah. if you want the funny one, it's the third one. If you want the most dramatic and scariest one, it's the second one. And if you want like just a good overall setup, I guess, it's the first yeah. one. Or supporting characters and stuff. So the second one perfects the formula of the first one. Right. But then the third one just does like, I don't know, Hell, Hellraiser 3 with it or something. The just third one's like, let's go over here. Yeah. Let's go over here. I mean, <laughs> where we're at, let's just go over there. Well, it's like you were saying, Mark, literally, they, they, they have some really cool exploration of concept ideas. They just never really explore the concepts. Like the idea of Blade is in the real world, and there are real-world consequences to going around killing people. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Or, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. So when he gets arrested, that was actually kind of interesting. But then, like, of course, he just escapes, and that's fine. But I forgot <laughs> that this number three spawns a TV show. So I wonder if that explored anything for 13 episodes. Wait, what? what? But I've never seen it. There's a Blade series that what? takes place after number three, I think. Wait, what? It does not star Wesley Snipes, unfortunately. But it it lasted one season. Blade it stars, is in a it stars titled series played by Sticky Fingers. Fingers, yeah, Sticky Fingers, that's right. Hardcore rapper. Fighting an evil vampire named Marcus Van Skyver. Wait, is it Marcus or Ethan? In Detroit, which is also Blade's birthplace in this series. As in the films, Blade's birth name is Eric Brooks, his mother's name Vanessa. Additionally, Blade's father is Robert Brooks. Stripped by well. Jeff Johns. Uh-oh. Uh, so maybe it doesn't do anything. I don't know. It probably wasn't great because it only lasted one season. I never saw it. 2006 Jeff Johns and 2016 Jeff Johns are not the same person. He's been replaced. <laughs> True. And it is Blade, not Green Lantern or something. So mm. probably okay. I don't know. David S. Mm. Goyer? Who's that? That reminds David me of David Goyer. He's the he guy who Man was. Oh, Man of Steel, Dark Knight yeah. trilogy. Yeah. So, hey, maybe maybe it's not horrible. I don't know. Never saw it. But there you go. There's more Blade if anybody wants more Blade. I do. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> Where can you find it? I don't know. Good Does question. Say? Not really. Okay. So this is from 2006. Watch Blade 2006. <laughs> and I get. Tubi TV. Tubi, beloved Tubi. For $12, you can get the whole series on DVD also if you're into that. Oh, dang. Oh, there's that. And then grab Witchblade, the complete series, for 18 while you're at it. Witchblade. I bet that's on Tubi, too. (laughs) I bet it is. Tubi, Tubi, Tubi. Sorry. Witchblade. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're falling down a path here. Well, we have six. Go ahead. I was going to say Marvel Anime Blade Season 1. Uh, and Iron Man season one also for $18. Oh, and Wolverine, all three of them, four of them, X-Men, Wolverine, Iron Man, and Blade all on one DVD anime, Marvel anime. I was just pointed that the uh, X-Men series and the Wolverine series didn't have anything to do with each other, but that's okay. Um, yeah, Marvel did like this whole anime thing for a couple of years and they were really well received for the most part. I think Wolverine doesn't need the X-Men. He never has. (laughs) He makes that plain. Yeah. This Financially, anyway, I, I mean, story-wise, and, it'd be nice, but 
in every like meeting that he's ever in, he's just like, I go my own way, Bob. And like, (laughs) yeah, just like, we get it. Wolverine. We get it. I go where I want to go. (laughs) Let's make the origin of Cyclops. How can we fit Wolverine into this? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He went to the same school. What? He did. Yeah. All right. So well, I think we tackled that. Good thing we tackled all three, because geez, we, all, we hit the one the hour mark thing. successfully. Yeah. Um, Do we know what we're doing next? One are we division. down for we to- one division? Oh, how topical! Yes. yes. So as you're listening to this, of course, one division is hot and new on uh, Disney Plus. We don't know what's going on yet because we've only seen. I've seen four episodes, and my friends here have seen none. So, um, but we're all going to watch it by the time March rolls around. So from the sounds of things, whether you've watched it or not, you have no idea what's going on. I will say that the, what is going on is pretty much what I expected the series to be, but with a lot of interesting things added in that I wasn't expecting. That the Scarlet Witch is imprisoning human beings into her little Storyville and they're all horrified and it's a horror movie. So that's what's happening. I think that's what's happening. She's, but I haven't seen it. So that can't be spoilers because I haven't seen it. She's an alien and she's turning them into her eggs and they're going to hatch and take over humanity. Oh, dang. And she's making them support her desire to be happy with the vision and they don't want to be there. That's what I think. Dang. She's using her magic. You know how her magic works. So, alien eggs. Nope. Yeah. Like <laughs> nobody weird does. Like that. Nobody does. So she could totally take over a town, right? <laughs> or at least how one writer thinks the magic works is not necessarily how the next writer thinks the magic yeah. works. I was watching, I was watching Age of Ultron because I like that movie a lot, and yeah. I always forget that like in that in that movie she's mind bending people left and right, and like she never does that again. <laughs> at least at least in the movies she might be in the TV show again, but like that was her big thing. His- she doesn't get as much chance to shine in the other movies as much as she did in Age of Ultron. But, this but is still like, a conversation for next month, but like Wanda in Age of Ultron is like the most Wanda we get until this show. Well, she just walks around all like in this weird ghostly creep way and waggles her fingers and people go crazy. And it's like, wow, you should try that again. Yeah. That was working. Come on, Thanos. Come on over here and get bamboozled by Scarlet Witch. <laughs> So one division next month. So it's on Disney Plus. If you haven't watched it yet, go subscribe to Disney Plus. Wait until the first week of March. Watch the entire series ending on March 5th, which is a Friday, and then check us out later in the month for the episode. There you go. I just okay. told that for you. All right, um, Sarah. What's last, up? When I asked you last month what I was going on, um, you were not entirely sure. But how are things been lately? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess I've been writing about comics for Comic Book Herald, so you could go check out Comic Book Herald. I've been doing a few reviews through them. They're kind of more straightforward reviews, and also I write about horror movies from or through Manor Vellum. Both of those are places that you could check out to read my various articles. Is that the same Comic Book Herald that has the My Marvelous Year podcast? It is, yeah. I've listened to a couple episodes of that. It's on my rotation. I was on the Fall of the Mutants episode, and I'm about to be on again to talk about Ghost Rider early 90s. Oh. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. That's oh, your thing. No. That's your jam. They, I love they, that. They just came out with a complete Marvel reading order, guys, so now we have to start the show all over again. <laughs> now, the, their Marvel reading order is just from 1998 to present. Oh. oh. Well, when we get there, we can 
free this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, possibly the beginning of his collection, he started putting everything in chronological order. A chronological order, because I contend that the chronology is subjective. Right. Okay. But released order is not, which is why it's superior. Everybody. <laughs> if you're waffling back and forth. Mm-hmm. And is Decoded still taking uh, 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 submissions, or are y'all reviewing submissions? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we have uh, submissions open until February 28th. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then we're going to be reading a bunch. I have to do a bunch of art for it. It's going to be wild. And then in June, there's going to be a speculative fiction anthology of all queer writers called Decoded that you can go by. You can already go by the first year, but the second year is coming up pretty fast. How's it titling? Is it volume two or what do you call it? It's just decoded volume two, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, end of the month. So this is coming out in February. If you want to get your submission and if you are a uh, queer writer who likes to write speculative fiction, send in your stuff by the end of the month. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we're over on Make Ours Marvel talking about comics over on the weekly episode. So you should go listen to those. Um, probably going to have another feedback special coming at you soon although our february feedback recording was replaced with a podcast crossover so sometime in the near future you should hear me and michael over at resurrections and adam warlock and thanos podcast talking about acts of vengeance so that's a weird assortment of ideas that we're going to go do mm-hmm. and yeah anything else from us that's it all right well y'all be here next month wandavision it's gonna be great Division. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.